I was talking recently with a friend, and we were talking about DIY projects that we have done in our own homes, and she mentioned to me that she just doesn't feel confident in doing any, that she has tried so many over the years and each one has failed. And when I asked her, well, what have you tried? She mentioned this one story. She said she wanted to redo her front door. And I can't remember if she said she was painting it or staining it, but in order to prep for it, she bought all the supplies. She sanded it down. It was a beautiful day so that she could do it while it was warm outside. And she ended up sanding it down too thin so that she took off some of the layers of the door and it didn't necessarily seal the way that it should have. And she said, that was it. She threw in the hat, she threw in the towel, and she said, no more, I'm not going to do it again. I'm just no good at it. And so today, we're actually talking about what advice I gave her. And that no, you don't have to throw in the towel, but starting appropriately is always a good thing. Because she didn't really do any other projects before jumping off the the high dive, she jumped right into one that was a little bit above her wheelhouse, a little bit above her skill set. So that's what we're talking about today, because we all know that when we are trying to create a home that we love and we're trying to do it on a budget, when we're trying to sometimes create things ourselves or source things ourselves that don't cost a whole lot, doing it ourselves is one way to save money. So how do we do it? How do we grow our skill set? How do we grow our confidence? How do we do that so that we can ultimately not waste money by starting a project that we can't finish, starting a project by buying all the supplies and then we fail at it? How do we do that? So today we're talking about six ways you can grow your confidence and in turn grow your skill set so that you can DIY and ultimately save money in the process while you create a home that you love. You're going to want to stick around for today's episode and grab a notebook because you might want to take some notes. Enjoy today's show. We grew up with the phrase, home is where the heart is, but our culture has shifted and now the message is, home should be Pinterest perfect. I'm calling BS on that message. Home. It's not about the stuff, it's about the story. And whether you know it or not, your home is a reflection of you and is already saying something. So what is it that you want it to say? Hey, I'm Danny, a former first grade teacher turned home decorator. Going from a dual income to a single income so I could stay home with my babies meant budget, like ramen eating, Goodwill shopping budget. And I learned a few things along the way, like how to bring big style to your home without breaking the bank. And I'm sharing it all with you tips, tricks, decor, and design advice so you can learn to tell your story with your style, where you can start living free from the Pinterest perfect trap and start living a life of intention. Welcome to Fig and Farm at Home, where we design happy living and where it doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful. Okay, girls, let's be really honest with ourselves for just a second. Raise your hand (laughs) if you have ever spent some time on Instagram, spent some time on Pinterest, stumbled across a blog, saw something in a magazine or on HGTV, and you've thought, huh, I think I can do that project. And you not only have just stopped there, you have actually gone to the store, gotten all the supplies, gotten started, and then midway through, you have completely stopped. Or you finished and hated it. Or you never even started. How many of you have done that? 
Yeah, I, I have two, actually. In fact, I had for years, I had so many craft supplies and I, I enjoy crafting anyway, but I had so many craft supplies in my office that I had friends actually when they needed something for a special art project, they knew who to call because they needed that one teeny tiny obscure little piece that someone might have that they didn't have to go and buy themselves. Yeah, I was the girl. <laughs> I was the go-to girl and I was happy to be. I have since decluttered my office and made it more efficient for me, but I still do enjoy a good crafting project and I definitely enjoy a really, really good DIY project. In fact, if I were to take a tour of our whole home, you would see DIY projects galore. In our library, we have the Florida Almost Ceiling bookshelves that my husband built that was designed by me, but he built it. I DIY'd some stripy curtains. In our dining room, we have the farmhouse table that my husband built and the credenza he built. And I have some art that I, I created. If we keep on going into another room, you have some shiplap walls that I've done, some board and batten walls that I've done. You get the idea. We, we definitely like to DIY, but here's how we have grown in confidence and grown in skill set. Because honestly, Okay, Mr. Fig and Farm, if you're listening, I love you so much, but your very first DIY project was exactly where it should have been. It was, juvenile is not the right word, unimpressive is not the right word, it was super impressive that you tried tried doing this, but it was your first project. It's like if you have a kiddo who's learning how to write and they, they write a letter backwards or they write a scribble. You are so proud of them for the way that they have written, that the way that they have held the pencil and the way they have gotten whatever it is that they've gotten out onto the paper, that you don't really care what the outcome is. You're just proud of the effort. You're proud of the first step. And Mr. Fig and Farm's first step was really very sweet. It was a shelving unit in our home in Iowa, our very first home for our baby boy. And it was sweet. Was it perfect? No, it wasn't. It was not perfect at all. Was it functional? Absolutely. And was it something that he has learned from as as a way to build his skill set? Yes, absolutely yes. And it was a stair step and a pivotal stair step for growing his skill set and also growing my ability to cast a vision for him so that he can create it. <laughs> we make a good team that way. Had Mr. Fig and Farm started his carpentry journey building something that was way above his skill set, like the dining room table or the floor to ceiling bookshelf with the rolling ladder, chances are he might have thrown in the towel. He might have been so frustrated, it might still be in, in process and not completed. And I have a feeling that if my friend who I mentioned at the beginning of the show, if she would have started with a project that was not so advanced, she would probably continue DIYing today. She would probably continue taking up project after project because she really wants to enjoy it. So how do you not fall into that same trap? Here are six ways that you can build your confidence and grow your skill set as you do things yourself in your own home. The first thing is just what we mentioned. The first thing is to start small. The first time I painted a piece of furniture was not going to be sold. It was not going to be used as something for my shop. It was used in my home and it was used 
honestly as a way to just change the color. That's all I wanted to do. I wanted a filing cabinet that was not white and I changed it to black. Super simple, right? If I would have started by buying all of the chalk paint in order to paint my grandma's credenza that has been passed down through generation after generation, and I wanted to make that really pristine, if I would have started with that big project, I, A, might have ruined it, and B, might have lost a whole lot of confidence. But honestly, with the filing cabinet, I didn't care if there was a paint mark. I started in the back, too. I started in the back in case I didn't know how to appropriately spray the spray paint. And as I worked my way around, it got better and better. That's how you start small. You don't choose a big project that is outside of your skill set. You start with something that is teeny tiny. Oftentimes when people see that I redo furniture, they're curious and they want to know how they do it. And that's why I created that painting 101 course so that you can learn how to create change within your own home and doing it on a budget. You can literally transform a piece of furniture by using chalk paint. But when I created that course and when I talked to people about it and their idea is, oh, I want to take this buffet or this really beautiful big piece of furniture that is going to sit predominantly in their dining room or somewhere on display and, you know, take front and center stage. My recommendation to them is actually no. Start with something that you go to the thrift store or you find on the curb and you're spending maybe $5 with and you start with that project. It's not going to take you a hundred projects to figure it out, but starting with a really small project just so you kind of get the hang of it is a really good idea. You get the practice, you get the hang of it, and then you can move on to another piece. And as your confidence grows and as your skill level gets better and better and better, then you move on to the big piece. And in the case of the example, the big credenza or the piano that you want to paint. The second thing that you can do in order to build your confidence as you are learning a new DIY skill is to, of course, start small, but choose a deadline. If you are creating a project, let's say you want to build some shelves. You've bought all of the supplies. You have it already. You have the tools you need. You've done the YouTube research. You, you figured it all out. And now you just need to do the darn thing. Do the darn thing. Picking a deadline and saying, I want this to be done in two weeks time. You have that, that deadline marked on the calendar and you are sticking to it. Why would we do that? Because chances are your supplies are taking up real estate, precious real estate somewhere within your home. Maybe it's in your office. Maybe it's in your dining room table. Maybe it's in your garage. Choosing a deadline is going to help you attain the goal, and it's also going to help you eliminate the frustration that comes with having an unfinished project out and about, something that you're tripping on. And even if out and about is in your garage, having those supplies and the and the best intentions of completing a project is one thing, but completing the project is a whole other. So have that deadline in mind and make sure that as you are creating your deadline, it's a realistic deadline. We're not choosing just an arbitrary, okay, two weeks from now, you're looking at your calendar and you're looking at all of the things that you have after work in the evenings that might take priority over completing the project. If I have two weeks time that I want to do the job, Am I taking kids to and from soccer practice? Am I taking them to and from school events? Am I taking them to and from friends' homes? What am I doing in order to make space for that? Or can I even make space for it? Are these things that I 
can say no to or are these things that I have to have done that I have to do. So be realistic with the timeline you have. And if your timeline is six weeks, great. That's okay, but stick with the timeline. And not only stick with the timeline, but tell someone what your timeline is. Having that accountability is super important and can be really a motivating factor. The third thing that you can do in order to grow your do-it-yourself confidence or your skill set is to only purchase the supplies that you need for one project at a time. Don't purchase anything else until you've completed the project that you've had at hand, until you've met that deadline that you've laid out before you until you have started small. So for example, if your DIY project is hanging a gallery wall, you want to learn how to hang pictures by your own self. Awesome. That is completely doable. And you have purchased the frames, you have the hammer, you have the screw, you have the anchors, you have whatever it is that you're using in order to hang your gallery wall. Don't just purchase the things and set it aside for one day. Look at that timeline, look at that deadline, look at that calendar date that you have. Tell that friend that you're getting that gallery well done in this whatever deadline you have, three weeks we'll say, and get the job done. Don't start dreaming about and planning about the next thing that you're going to do. Get that job done. Now this does not mean that that gallery wall that is going to be in the playroom that you only plan and you only design one section at a time, it is okay for you to make the plan for the whole room, but only do one project at a time. Your plan is maybe to have painted and then to um, make the curtains and then to hang the gallery wall and to buy the bedding and to whatever it is, do one at a time. Get that gallery wall up and then you can focus on purchasing the things for the next piece so that you are not tripping over unfinished projects and getting frustrated and bogged down by this idea that I can't finish what I've started. I can't bring one idea into fruition. You can do it with these simple steps. And I just rolled the fourth tip right into the third one and that is to finish it and complete it before moving on to the next project. So Step number five for creating confidence and building your skill set for DIY skills is to do some research. I know that if I want to paint a piece of furniture, I'm going to find YouTube tutorials. I'm going to find a course that I can take. I'm going to find someone I can talk to. I'm going to talk to whoever version of me is down the street, I am, (laughs) because that would be me, I am going to talk to that person and I'm going to pick their brain and I'm going to say, hey, can I bring you a coffee so I can watch you do that? Hey, I want to learn how to do that too. What do you do? I'm going to find someone I trust and I'm going to learn from them. And that someone you might trust could be someone you follow on Instagram. It could be someone you found searching for a blog and you've read and you've done the online stocking thing, because we all know we've done that, <laughs> you have you have grown to know, like, and trust what it is they're saying. Maybe you've tried a recipe they threw out, and so, hey, that worked out. Now I can follow their recommendation to do this new skill I'm trying to learn. But before you go and buy all the supplies for that thing, make sure you have an idea of what it is you're going to be doing, the steps that are needing to be taken, the supplies that you need to purchase. Basically, do a little research before you get started. 
And if that research means going and watching the person down the street who's always doing some woodworking projects, asking them how to do it, keep in mind who you might ask if you run into trouble. Will you email the person that wrote the blog post? Is there a support group for the class that you just purchased so that you're learning that skill? Is there someone that you can call who might be able to get you out of the snag as you learn the skill in case you have a question along the way or get stuck and need a little bit of handholding? And the last thing to keep in mind as you're learning a new DIY skill is to respect your own learning style. So for example, I know that if I'm wanting to learn how to paint furniture and I went to the Instagram post that laid out in three bullet points how to paint furniture, that might be all I need. That could be exactly what I need in order to get the job done, but I might need the actual course. I might need the step-by-step, the you do this first, you do this first, like a roadmap. Or maybe I'm more visual and I need the video tutorial. Maybe I just need someone to speak into my earbuds and I can listen just from a podcast, someone who's teaching me how to do it. What, whatever it is, whatever learning style you have, respect that and lean into it as you learn this new DIY skill because you can do it. It's teachable. Just like learning how to read is teachable. Learning how to write is teachable. It's all teachable. As long as you take the steps that will help build that success and help you grow in confidence. So as a recap, here are the six things you can do in order to gain your confidence and grow your skill set as you tackle on new DIY projects. The first one is to start small. Then choose a deadline, a realistic deadline that aligns with what you have going on in life, what you have on your calendar for the next set of time. The third thing is to only purchase the supplies for one project at a time. Even though you have the overall view, that's okay. Just purchase, purchase, and then number four, complete that one project. Number five, do some research. Make sure that you know what it is you're undertaking and to see if that really aligns with the skills that you have or if you need to back up a step and start even smaller. And then the last thing is to make sure that you are respecting your own learning style and choosing a way to learn these skills in a way that aligns with how you learn. If you are not an auditory learner, you are more of a visual learner, make sure you're looking at something and not just listening. If you are more of a, I need a little bit of handholding, make sure you're taking a course, that you're getting the step-by-step-by-step plan, the roadmap, so that you can check things off your list. Whatever it is that is your learning style, do that so that you can gain your DIY confidence and skill set. And if talking about all of these new things that you can learn, these new skills that you can learn to DIY your own self has gotten you inspired to try something new, I have two courses for you. One is the painting course that I mentioned earlier. If you have ever wanted to try learning how to paint a piece of furniture to transform it so that it really maybe breathes new life into your space, I'm going to link that course below and you can check it out. And if it's for you, if that is your learning style and it's something that you want to learn how to do, start small so you can be successful. But it is teachable, it is doable, and it's so much fun. The second thing I have for you is a learn how to style your bookshelf. And it's not just your bookshelf, it is any flat 
flat surface styling. Credenzas, mantles, tablescapes, learning how to style tops of pianos and dressers. This is something that you can learn how to do too. And as you learn and you practice this new skill, you can create a home that looks like it is telling your family's story in all of these fun flat surface spaces like bookshelves and all the things, and it tells your story well. So if you're ready to dive in and you're ready to get the roadmap, if you are a visual learner, if you like the step-by-step, that might be the course for you. I'll link that one below as well. In the meantime, go and learn something new and make sure that you're joining our Facebook group so that I can see what it is you're learning, how it is you're growing, and so that I can support you along the way. Ask any questions you might have, and if I know the answer, I will point you in the direction or guide you on that journey. All right, enjoy your new DIY skill, whatever it is, and I will see you next time. Hey, real quick before you go, if you learned something new or found value in today's podcast, Would you head over to iTunes to Fig and Farm at Home and leave a review and subscribe to the show? That would be awesome. And if you'd like to connect with my community of mamas who are learning to be intentional storytellers within their own homes, join us at bit.ly forward slash design 101 group. There's always more room at the table. See you soon.